every Wednesday. Oye Oye Podcast. Open your eyes with Alberic Barrett and Alonso de Yanis. Hello guys, welcome to Oye Oye Open Your Eyes, your sustainable development environmental friendly podcast in Spotify. Uh, today is Wednesday and I'm here with my friend. Hello guys, what's up? Alberic Barrett. <laughs> And uh, the topic of today is very interesting. We're going to talk about waste management and the future of nuclear energy. Uh, I need to be 100% sincere with you guys. Uh, I'm not that into nuclear topics. So uh, today we're going to discuss it. Yeah, but it's going to be more like a monologue because uh, my friend here is more lecture about it. Yes, indeed. Actually, uh, it's a topic that is quite uh, technical, so I really wanted to give you as much information as we can have so you have uh, a, a broad opinion about uh, nuclear waste. So I would like to, to thank actually a French YouTuber, which is called Le Réveilleur, uh, because thanks to him I have uh, all uh, those information that are very accurate, um, and so... Um, It's, uh, it's a lot of work, actually, so uh, thanks to him, I can actually give you uh, all, that, all of that. All the information. Yes. So, well, to starters, nuclear waste must be per se, per se, processed to make it safe for, dis for uh, disposal and uh, for other uh, things. This includes its collection and sorting, uh, and, uh, well... Uh, we need to reduce its volume and uh, change its chemical and physical composition, such as concentrated liquid waste and uh, different things. So from nuclear power generation, uh, we have a large amount of energy produced, but also from a very small amount of fuel, um, we have nuclear waste. Also with medicines, we have nuclear waste. So... Um, so... Uh, just to remind one or two things, um, so our body is radioactive, almost everything is radioactive, uh, and in the vast majority of cases, irradiation does not induce radioactivity. So uh, the idea that radioactivity is something contagious is uh, widespread actually, but uh, particularly false. Um, highly radioactive nuclear waste are exclusively induced by nuclear power plants because of course there are uh, nuclear waste in, uh, in medicine but uh, the uh, radioactive period of uh, those wastes is very short so everything is managed uh, very uh, well of course and also by the, uh, uh, the national uh, nuclear security of every uh, country. Uh, besides, we will also talk about uh, third generation of uh, pressurized water reactors and the fourth generation of reactors too. And a possible future with something that you might have heard, which is thorium, uh, which is also another uh, feasible uh, material. A very interesting, a very interesting one. Yeah. Actually, I read it today. Yeah. No, yesterday, and uh, it was very, very interesting. So... Mm -hmm. um, radioactive waste is typically classified as either low level 
intermediate level, or higher level, dependent primarily on its level of radioactivity. As Alberic says, said before, uh, radioactivity uh, waste include, includes any material that is either intri intrinsically radioactive or has been contaminated by radioactivity. Yes, exactly. There's also uh, another uh, another type, which is uh, uh, a case of uh, only the case of France actually, which are very low radioactive waste. Yeah, very low level waste. Yeah, but it's just because administratively it's uh, it's easier to uh, to manage them, uh, but it's actually a waste of uh, of materials because it's it's some material we could use. Um, to 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 build. Uh, I mean, we we could recy recycle them actually, uh, but we don't. So it also increased the yeah. amount of so-called radioactive uh, uh, waste. We have to also uh, in some uh, categories or some uh, scientific categorize also the legacy waste. Legacy waste uh, is a waste that exists in several countries that pioneer nuclear power and especially where uh, power programs were developed out of military programs. Mm -hmm. So countries like USA, Russia, also France yeah. have legacy waste. Exactly. And about 30% of the legacy waste come from military waste. Yes, and it's particularly the case uh, of USA uh, because they have actually um, the, the, the wheat, uh, which is... Um, a center of uh, waste, uh, radioactive uh, managing waste, and it's only for military waste. So yeah. it's the only place on Earth where you can find um, those um, the storage um, infrastructure that is actually uh, working now. But we will talk about it uh, later. So um, to take again the example of France, because it's obviously where we have uh, the most uh, most uh, reactors and where we are recording this pod this podcast because remember that we are in Estrasburg so oh yeah that's true yeah oh so God. we have <laughs> so we have like more access to french information because we are uh, currently enrolled in a university exactly in a master of energy yeah and sustainable development yeah. even though we're still waiting for the sustainable development <laughs> So, um, yeah, uh, regarding waste, um, we talked about the, the high radioactive waste and uh, the intermediate, low intermediate uh, waste. And those two categories, uh, they represent uh, only 3% of the, the amount of radioactive waste, but they contain more than 99% of the waste radioactivity. So uh, it's very important to, to make a difference between, uh, between waste and to understand the way we manage them. Uh, <clears throat> so another misconception also uh, is that we do not know how to dismantle a nuclear power plant. Um, and uh, actually we do. Uh, we do, but it takes time. Um, so most of the power plants around the world, they're waiting to be dismantled. Uh, but first, they are all uh, been through uh, a circuit uh, drain. Like they, they drown all the, the liquids that were in it and they treated the effluent. Uh, they also uh, emptied the uh, storage pools. 
um, where uh, they have been uh, sent back to La Hague. We talked about, about yeah, this. Uh, in the first episode. Yes, exactly. Um, and actually, I heard uh, that we have a uh, missile, um, you know, weapon missile, yeah? Yeah. Uh, in that place. True. Yeah. In a, no, just in that place, actually. In the so-called case of someone would like to actually put a plane right into uh, this infrastructure, which is not very likely to, to happen. But anyway, we have. Um, so yeah, most of the um, the problems are in that uh, in that condition, and it means basically that the most dangerous elements, so the two categories we've talked about, have been removed from those power plants. Um, and uh, something else that we need to know when we dismantle uh, a power plant, uh, 90, 80%, per, um, 80% yeah, of the waste that are produced are not radioactive because they come from other buildings uh, that are outside from the reactor buildings, actually. Um, there's also, uh, of course, precaution to be taken uh, because... Uh, some materials can be uh, radioactive because of the uh, uh, of radionuclides that actually uh, went into those materials. So it's the the process. I think we talked about it uh, last time. Yes, we talked about it last time. Yeah. So uh, well, basically, it's the neutron activation. Um, so as we said, it's not contagious. So a process has to be uh, to take place for uh, for that to happen. And, um, well, um, most of those uh, radionuclides that are trapped in plant materials, they have a short life. So, to take an example, iron-55 or cobalt-60 has a radioactive period that is, uh, both of them is 2.7 years and the other is 5.3 years. So, just to remember you, uh, um, radioactive period is the necessary time uh, for half of the nucleus initially uh, in the materials break up and so it divides at the end of those radioactive periods by two the radioactivity of the materials. Uh, so what do you think for example um, which is the best way to uh, um, dismantle a nuclear plant until the uh, until the uh, radioactivity decreases or as quickly as possible or it how, how it works you know like now nowadays how it works i mean it depends like most of the time um the authorities they they, they want to wait because uh, it's uh, uh i mean they safer want... yeah um it's uh yeah i mean as we said all the most radioactive elements are taking took uh, they, they took it away but for some political reason, um, also uh, perhaps some measure that, I mean, you know, if you have a possible earthquake yeah. in a place where you have power plants, it's better to actually process them as fast as possible, as quick as possible, sorry. Um, and also there's another problem is that if you don't follow, uh, if you don't have a follow-up of uh, the information you have on the infrastructure and stuff, you can actually lose them and it's, it makes it harder the so, dismantling. Dismantling in both of the two ways depends in each of the uh, in, in each reactor reactor specifically. 
yeah, in the place and political situation. If you dismantle right now, uh, you will have to uh, actually um, take stronger uh, radioactive protection uh, protection measures uh, that if you wait like 10, 15 or 20 years. Yeah, so how does that work in the world, for example? Uh, in the world, most of them are actually waiting. So over uh, 160 nuclear reactors uh, that are permanently shut down, uh, 17 have been completely dismantled. It's mostly military uh, reactors or uh, experienced uh, one. Sorry for that. <laughs> uh, about 50 of them are being dismantled right now. And sometimes it, take, it takes time. Actually, for the oldest um, technologies, okay. it takes time. And um, 15 more are awaiting uh, the radioactive TSA, as I told you. Um, three were buried. It's a very specific case for small reactors. Uh, it's also something uh, can, we can talk uh, after. And uh, 40 of them, um, well, the strategy is not specified yet because you know you have to, to I mean, there's a balance to, to find yeah. between the, uh, the political, uh, um, not atmosphere, but... Um, Environment. Yeah the, the yeah, the political situation, situation exactly, in, in yeah. every uh, different country, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, um, well, in France, we have, uh, for example, uh, the Choose A, uh, that is a reactor in the Ardennes. Um, he's actually uh, dismantling uh, now. He's being dismantled now. Uh, and it should be completed by uh, 2022. With a cost of five, ah, yeah, because the cost also is something. Uh, uh, I think not cheap. <laughs> not cheap, but we need to talk about it because big. I mean, some people say that we don't know how to dismantle. So first, fake news. Second thing, f fake news. It costs a lot of money. But yeah, it's a fake news. Actually, most of the time, uh, the price of the dismantling is already included in the price of the electricity. Okay. So when you take all the amount of electricity that has been produced, uh, the cost of the uranium, uh, the treatment, uh, the manage management of waste, it's about, well, it can vary from 1% to 10 if you really do it wrong or I don't know, if you don't have only a uh, reactor like in front, yeah. a nuclear reactor. Um, so well for that uh, for that um, power plant it should be uh, everything should be completed uh, like we actually planned it um, and uh, if you take I don't know um, all the nuclear French nuclear fleet uh, EDF finds actually an amount of 18.7 billion euros EDF for everybody it's uh, Electricité de France Yes. So Electricity of France is a company that manages... Uh, yeah, they have like a, a monopoly of it, on it, but uh, I mean, we could talk about it also, but I don't think it's going to interest you. But uh, <laughs> there has been a lot of uh, different uh, uh, law about it also, litig uh, litigation. Yeah, litigation. And um, and so now it's uh, there's difference between the distribution uh, network, uh, the transportation network... The and producers and all yes, that. Yeah. But, uh, it's not uh, it's not our topic right now. <laughs> um, so um, 
So, for example, dismantling this uh, specific uh, plant. Mm -hmm. uh, what type of radioactive waste produces, for example? Well, so as we said, there's a uh, 80% of uh, conventional waste, so not radioactive one. Um, there are 7% of low and intermediate little short-lived radioactive waste. Okay. So it's not very radioactive. Uh, but still. But still, enough to be... Uh, to, to, to be dangerous. Yes. And uh, it has a short life. So it's not a big problem, but we still have to contain them. Um, and 0.1 of long-lived intermediate level waste. So that's a bigger problem, but it's a little amount. Um, and we have also 10% of very low-level radioactive waste. So that's the other type of waste we were talking about. And it's... Yeah, it's... It's stupid. I mean, uh, the yeah. way we manage it in France. I mean, it's not that stupid, but at the same time, it's a pity. Because if you apply that... Uh, uh, the, um, the the condition we apply to those to those waste right now, you couldn't actually use some rocks to build a house or infrastructure or anything because I mean like granite granite uh, has also a radioactive. Uh, a yeah, radioactive like you said, like you said, uh, many of the things are yes. radioactive. We humans are radioactive too. Exactly. So for the most um, problematic waste, the um, the 7% of low and intermediate level short-lived uh, radioactive waste. Uh, they will be stored in the Andra. Uh, so Andra is uh, in the, one of the storage centers of the Andra, actually. The Andra is the, a national agency for waste management, for radioactive waste management. I mean, you get it. Uh, and it's uh, situated in the Orb. It, uh, it's going to be uh, the biggest, the largest above ground radioactive waste storage uh, facility in the world for, and I repeat, low and intermediate level short-lived radioactive waste. Uh, because uh, the thing is, I think it's almost the case everywhere around the world, but information about nuclear energy and waste is so bad, I think. I mean... I saw how it was uh, lived, how the people there near from the storage center were living the, the, this project and they actually don't know shit about what is going on. And um, it's a problem because there's a lab laboratory uh, just next to them, but they are not discussing with that lab laboratory. There's just one person that is actually... I mean, you can visit the center and he will explain you, but I don't think that he is going to explain as deep as we need to explain uh, so people can understand that it's actually not a risk. And we're going to, to know why it's not a risk and why those people are serious people when, it's, uh, when we talk about managing those kind of waste. Um, so, um, yeah, I move right now to the, uh, explaining part of, uh, please, please be my guest. Um, so the thing is today when there's, um, reluctance from the civil society about those things, it's the government's that are dealing with the people 
not the scientist, of course, I mean, you know, with policemen and stuff. Uh, and it's not helping, really. So, um, you can hear some people saying that uh, there are going to be leakage, that it's not safe, that uh, hydrogen is going to uh, to be emitted by, by those waste and that everything is going to blow up. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, all that question have been uh, taken into account. And so that's why um, some waste are not going to be accepted um, because uh, uh, indeed, like uh, some of them can create hydrogen. It's just it's a it's a very small amount of waste um, that are uh, coming from uh, not concrete but uh, bitume. But they are not taking. Uh, I mean, they are, they are not going inside uh, those. Uh, the storage center. Um, so um, when they actually did the study to see if yes or not it was a good option to put the, the waste there, uh, they found um, an underground um, lay, which is uh, a layer of argillite. So it's a uh, it's a mix between quartz and clay. And uh, it has the particularity of being very homogeneous over a very long distance without too many cracks, uh, unlike uh, granite, yeah. which is a very a big problem for... Uh, I have a quick question before, yeah, before, uh, before we start uh, going deeper. Uh, why deep geological disposal is widely agreed to be the best solution for final disposal of the most radioactive waste produced? True. Good so question. I think that um, I think that that question can be like interesting for the audience, so that uh, we can understand why deep geological disposal. Because uh, the last uh, uh, episode we were talking about uh, um, disposal of low-level uh, waste um, uh, with water, and um, you know, like the the waste decays and all that. But uh, I think that. Uh, Deep geological disposal, it's uh, agreed to be, you yeah. know, like the best, so, so why? Because, I mean, when you store them in, uh, in water, so in the pool, in the cooling mm -hmm. pool, yeah. it's just because you are waiting for them to be, uh, cool, uh, yeah, I mean, cooling pool, <laughs> it's in the name, uh, yeah, you, you, we are waiting for them to be uh, less ready, hot. Ready to, to be transported. To be transported. Yeah. Um, when they arrive in the ag and they are treated, so we take back the mox, which is a, a mix of uranium, like of uh, 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 not enriched uranium. I don't have the word now, sorry, and plutonium that we can reuse after as a fuel. Um, we also wait there, like one or two years more. So it's very safe. Like it's uh, we can actually process them. And after that, once we're waiting enough, we can put them in the ground. Yeah, for example, the the uh, the waste decays uh, for um, higher level waste, they they store fifty years at least. The yeah. waste, yeah, the higher level waste, like yeah. fifty years until then can be they can be ready to move. Yeah, and put into the ground. Yeah, this is the the problem, perhaps the biggest problem with uh, actually uh, retroact uh, nuclear power. Uh, it's over a long period of time. Uh, so we have to be very smart when we talk about it. 
when we manage them and when we, we think about the future. So why is, is it the best, um, best uh, solution? Well, uh, I cannot go too far into the details, but Ocean, we tried. The international community said we should stop. Well, we took measures over the in the places where we actually dropped a lot of them and it's actually uh, UK U, the UK will drop most of them like like 40% 50% of yeah. all those waste but, uh, but when we took measures the radioactivity was normal nothing happened so well but it wasn't i mean you know yeah. there's a ecosystem also there so we have to be careful uh, not in the space because they can actually, I mean, it demands a lot of fuels if you want to take those weights away from the Earth gravitation. And if you don't, then they come back into the atmosphere, they explode, and we have a huge cloud of radioactivity. So it's not a good thing. Uh, nor in glacier, because uh, they're yeah. melting, uh, they apparently, melting, you yeah. know. I think there's something uh, called global warming, yeah. <laughs> um, not in old mines. Because, as we said, as I was uh, trying to say, we need uh, actually homogeneous. Uh, well, it can be salt, it can yeah. be uh, it can be argillite, it can be argile, uh, but uh, yeah, not in all mines. That's not a good stuff. And actually, we did also in some places there there has been, a, and it can actually touch the groundwater. So uh, that's uh, that's not something we uh, we should do. So yeah, most of the the, the specialists they, uh, I, there is clearly a consensus over that um, uh, that way of uh, managing waste. So basically, when we manage those waste, we put them into uh, uh, in um, like hundred meters deep in the ground. Uh, there's a thing there's a, a, a law that is actually uh, making us um, is obliging us to uh, create system reversible system so we can extract those waste even though this uh, way of managing waste is meant not to be moved you know not to be changed like those waste are supposed to stay there to be stable over at least 10,000 of years. Uh, well, this is writing in the law, in the legislation. So if, I'll, I don't know how, but if future generation find a way to um, reduce in a very uh, tremendously uh, quick uh, way uh, radioactivity, well, they will be able to. Um, so actually, uh, why it's not dangerous, at least here in France, because again, uh, it's a national uh, national uh, responsibility to manage your waste. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea, uh, but I, I understand. I mean, communication about waste management and nuclear power is so bad that I understand why uh, Governments don't even want to, you know, open the debate. Um, but like, yeah, in France, in the argillite, uh, so in that in that kind of rock, it takes water about thirty thousand years 
to go through one meter so it's a very good solution I mean, yeah it's a uh, great it's, solution yes it's very safe um, also we choose that base because this argillite has been stable for more than 100 million years I think it's 140 million years well we don't care it's a lot of years so no seismic uh, um, a phenomenon and uh, phenomenon and uh, so yeah, it's it's I think it's the best place I mean it's the best place best place in France to do so um, and also if if there was a leakage uh, because of this this rock the water then the radionuclides that could escape would put million years uh, thousand of years. To actually reach the surface and even though it can reach the surface the amount of radioactivity would be from one millionth of the radioactivity that is actually dangerous so um, it I mean it show it shows how how information is lacking here uh, because what do you mean? There's a lack of information, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's a very safe place to put them, and uh, yeah, because most of the people, me included, me included before, thought that uh, putting uh, nuclear waste down down the down the ground, you know, it was like uh, just make a hole and put the waste there. <laughs> and many people think about that. I mean. Uh, Many people think that, and uh, that if you make a, a waste uh, jar uh, uh, in the ground, you'll uh, be contaminated. And, and actually, uh, there's a lot of uh, new techniques that uh, helps. Yeah, yeah, um, improving that waste management. Of course, I mean I'm not blaming people. I'm blaming uh, the authorities because we have the knowledge. We have every tools now more than ever. To communicate, yeah, clearly. we can discuss so easily. I mean, we have advertisement everywhere, and still on this very important and major topic, we don't have a clue of what is happening. So we disagree. We uh, don't want to trust our uh, governors anymore, uh, or the scientists also, and uh, and that's a huge problem. Anyway, so. Um, Mm, we talk about the country. Yeah, also in some countries, unfortunately, they don't have the good uh, rocks to store them. So, well, some of them, they want to just let them in the air. Yeah. Which is not a good solution because it's basically waiting for future generation to find a way to process them. Um, and um, others, like you can also make... Uh, um, a hole, not a storage center, but just a hole, very very deep, so like one kilometer deep no. or even more. Then put all the waste there and fill it with concrete. Yeah. Concrete. Or, so, for example, uh, according to the World Nuclear Association, um, USA, France, Sweden, and Finland. 
are the countries that uh, made more waste management in deep geological disposals mm -hmm. at depths between uh, 250 deep. meters deep and uh, 1,000 for mine repositories or 2,000 meters to 5,000 meters uh, for boreholes. Mm. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we study, you know, the different uh, uh, couch. Yeah. And, uh, and as you said before, it was UK which started, and now France, US, Sweden, Finland go way ahead. No, they started to put them in water. Oh, well, they, they also started the geological disposition. Yeah, of course. But, but, uh, first, uh, they, but they, they uh, move into different uh, waste uh, approach. <laughs> approach, yeah. And uh, now it's uh, France, Sweden, Finland, and the USA, which are like in the career of uh, successful waste management in mm. deep uh, geological disposal. Yes. And, um, well, Greenpeace, again. And again, I really, I love Greenpeace. But regarding nuclear, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's more a dogmatic vision of the problem rather than a very scientific one. Because as we said before, there's a consensus about um, deep geological uh, uh, disposal of radioactive waste. And there are against and they actually uh, want uh, subsurface uh, storage which actually means to wait for a future generation to process them so um, well if they don't find the solution what is the answer what is the answer uh, we know something that is quite clear the IPCC uh, underlined it in the last report. If we have a two degrees increase of the global temperature, we will be globally in a food, uh, food, uh, uh, how we say that? Um, there will be food crisis all over the world because of climate and uh, water cycle. If we're in that position, it's going to lead to instabilities and probably to war because we're going to fight for resources. Uh, perhaps people will adopt individual behaviors and we cannot say that we're working on the uh, cooperative uh, behaviors uh, right now, but we need to. Um, so just imagine if we don't store those waste in the ground, but we put them outside and they start to have, uh, I don't know, like massive uh, population movement, a war or something, we could expose a lot of people. Uh, we could actually blow for real those waste. So I think that we have to be very precautionous. Uh, about this and well the green greenpeace position on that matter is not accurate at all not accurate at all yeah so um well in conclusion because we have to talk about thorium we have to talk about thorium yeah is, i have a doubt is thorium the same thing as tenor or they are different no they're different okay because many people will uh 
I mean, I know, but uh, <laughs> I think that the audience can be, you know, like uh, kind of confused, confused because uh, Theranum is, all, is also a radioactive material that is produced or collected, and uh, so uh, thorium is um other thing that you're going to explain. Yeah. So um, talking about thorium, I saw. I uh, believed. I had stars in my eyes uh, that thorium was a solution, but I'm going to stop now. It is not <laughs> actually a solution. Um, so why? Actually, what is thorium? Thorium is TH232, so it's a metal of uh, the actinid family, discovered uh, quite a long time ago in uh, 1830 by a Norway scientist. So thorium is a fissionable chemical element, that's why it's interesting at the first sight, and it's almost everywhere on the planet. Oh my god. Um, so we start uh, studying it in the uh, 40s, actually it was American that started to, to study them, uh, but quickly, very quickly, uranium was more interesting because we could make bombs easily out of them thanks to things or not things but uh, because of the plutonium so uh, today thorium could be used in the reactors we have but we don't have we don't master the technology actually because it's not the same and it's not really cheaper it's not more efficient or uh, cleaner so um, if we imagine that we can actually use this thorium uh, we could use with regenerative reactors uh, those uh, those products, this thorium, and actually use 100% of the fuel against the 0.7 uranium that is feasible that we use today. And also, the radioactive waste would have a life cycle that is 1,000 times shorter than uranium. Okay. Uh, so that's why many people were crazy about it. But this process requires a lot of dangerous manipulation uh, and in order to make uh, waste treatment uh, safer and also facilitate the reuse uh, we have to make a fuel the fuel liquid so it's what we call the molten salt reactor okay and uh, this is a very interesting technology but in order to use thorium we would need that technology so it's uh, thorium more efficient that uranium? Um, not that much, but actually we could use all of the thorium. So in a way, yes, it would be more efficient. Okay. And in the molten salt reactor, the efficiency is also better. Um, so after years, of course, the scientists, I mean, of course, after years, the scientists agreed to focus on the molten salt reactor. Um, and um, for that reason, thorium would be would be quite efficient. Uh, but again, there's some limits. Uh, in the case of a leak, for instance, uh, the liquid should be taken into uh, a tank, you know, to contain it. And um, it's not um, it's not something that we're doing now. I mean, in the third generation uh, of uh, nuclear uh, power plants, uh, I think in China, they installed 
a settled, sorry, a drained, uh, a drained uh, liquid into the tank, but we don't have it on the, the current one we have because we don't have liquid. We just have water. So that's the difference. Um, with thorium, actually, we wouldn't have a, a high pressure in the uh, in the the tank in the reactor tank. It would be the just atmospheric pressure, so that would limit the risk of explosion. Um, and also because, but it's not limited to thorium. But if we had a molten uh, salt reactor, because it's liquid. And because of the properties with salts, below 500 degrees, it would actually solidifies. So we don't have the, the issue with uh, contaminating uh, water, you know, all around. Yeah. Um, but of course, again, there are some limitations because if we use that, we would have uh, alkaline metals and uh, they're explosive, those metals. If they, are, they touch water, Exploded. So uh, basically, yeah, the facility exploded too. <laughs> um, also today, some people that are still defending thorium are saying that we could actually uh, have a 50% variation of the production just in 10 minutes. So why do we talk about uh, variating the production? Because today we add more and more intermittent energies, which are renewable energies. I mean... Hydroelectric is not intermittent, uh, but solar and wind is, are, and uh, it poses a lot of problem in the way we uh, we ensure that everyone has electricity everywhere when they need it. So it's also, perhaps you heard about it, um, why we develop now electricity grid. So it's like a smart grid, we yeah. call them, with uh, connected devices, so we can actually... Uh, um, balance uh, the energy where we need it and um, well it could be an argument but today we can also make a 80 percent uh, variation of the production with the with the reactors that we have today so of course it's not in 10 minutes it's in 30 minutes but uh, it's how the electricity grid is basically working with nuclear uh, energy, we have the baseline of our electricity grid. So, so, thorium, will we work with it or not? No, because also, if we want to process it, we have big issues. It's very dangerous to actually inhalate the thorium in its uh, natural form. Okay. Whereas if you have uranium next to you, it's not dangerous. Uh, if you stay too long, if it will be. But the, the problem with uranium, it's after the reaction. Yeah, after the reaction, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it so becomes radioactive. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's a problem. And also, something I want to also uh, to underline is that some people say, yeah, government, scientists, they don't want to use thorium and develop it because uh, uranium is too good for bombs and uh, the weapon uh, industry. It's true, but actually some... Uh, it's half true. It's half true. 
I mean, it's true that uh, plutonium helps to, to make uh, uh, weapons, but at the same time, uh, there are actually uh, there are treaties to uh, to dismantle those uh, those possible weapons. We can still have some doubts about um, what are the secret uh, defense uh, files on it, or I don't know. But the thing is that thorium is also within the treaty of non-proliferation of atomic weapons. So we can make bombs out of thorium. And thorium, as we said before, is... It's everywhere. Exactly. It's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. So now we need to... to... Uh, I don't know, like, uh, explain another uh, future of nuclear energy or make conclusions. Because now we have 45 minutes of fun of, the, of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yuppie! Uh, well, I think we can talk about the third uh, generation. Perfect. Third generation of a pressurized water reactor, or EPR. What is it? Uh, well, it's um, a reactor that is on actually the, the only one. Uh, type of reactor that could be uh, fully loaded with MOX. So it's a uh, nuclear fuel consisting of uh, some plutonium and a lot of, and a lot of depleted uranium. And it's uh, it's um, a fuel that we already use today, uh, but in a very lower amount because uh, the reactor cannot work with uh, with MOX only. So. Um, With this first generation, when we pass uh, all the plutonium that we uh, that we reuse, uh, it's actually reduced by half, so it's a gain in efficiency. And um, with that technology, scientists, engineers, they reinforced a lot more than the other uh, reactors the safety measures. Well, we had uh, Fukushima. It wasn't a nuclear uh, problem, system problem. It was because of the wave uh, that we had a problem. I mean, the problem. Yeah. Uh, the reactor melted and stayed where it was supposed to stay. So uh, there's no problem for the for the people. Actually, there are uh, contamination because of the water. But uh, scientists all agreed on uh, just leaving, putting back this radioactivity the, in the ocean. In the ocean. Yes, because the ocean is so big that it's going to, uh, I mean, the impact are going to be minimum. very, yeah, minimum or not. Marginal. Yeah, so uh, it's the best solution. For example, with EPR, how many uh, system controlling uh, safety are, are there? There are four. Okay, four. Uh, And, uh, well, it's quite sufficient to, to prevent uh, damaging drift that could happen. Um, and so, uh, this uh, thanks to that uh, system, those controlling safety system, we talked about the other one last time, that could actually work without, uh, without uh, energy in the networks, just by gravitation. Uh, thanks to those one, now a severe accident is, has been reduced. I mean, the probability because it's still a, a question of probability, our severe accident has been um, reduced by a factor of 10 compared to the last model. Uh, and, I mean, all the report DMCR that we talked about last time uh, is already asserting that in Europe, 
the the water pressurized uh, reactors are the safest technology. I mean, now it's a pair, yeah. but uh, those one were the safest, are the second safest. And uh, also something that is uh, that is also uh, quite interesting is that with the configuration, the new configuration of EPR, uh, we can replace the components uh, while not exposing the workers to a lot of uh, radiation and even, the, even when the reactor is actually working. So um, today we uh, actually have a schedule to like in this day we're going to shut down the reactor and we have to change the we're going to change the component and stuff now with EPR we don't even have to do that we can still continue producing and change the component EPR it's EPR but uh, this French guy forget about to uh... well it's EPR because <laughs> it's the French name EPR yeah but uh, ah. we're saying it in English okay? EPR sorry EPR. sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, something else uh, about protection uh, measures, uh, it's the, uh, the protective concrete that we have uh, is well bigger than the other one, uh, well larger, but I mean, they are, they are designed to withstand internal accidents and external too, but about like external accidents such as uh, aircraft crashes. Uh, it's classified, so we don't know exactly, but uh, I mean, I think we can trust them on this point. And the reactor, how is it? I mean, uh, how it's fixed? It's fixed on a very uh, thick concrete plate, so it's uh, it's a big one, and actually prevents uh, leakage of a nuclear material into the ground, and uh, it's also protecting against earthquakes. Cool. Uh, yeah. And um, I mean, when we say that uh, one power plant, nuclear power plant, can resist to an earthquake of, uh, I don't know what, uh, magnitude, it's actually if the center of the earthquake is just under the nuclear power plant. And, uh, well, every time there's uh, earthquakes, uh, journalists are like, oh my god, the earthquake was that high, and it was a huge, uh, it was very dangerous, and I mean, that happened in Strasbourg that that year actually uh, last year yeah oh yeah last yeah, year last oh year. my god yeah, yeah we're into 2020 now <laughs> last year and um, they mixed with the different scale because there's different uh, yes. uh, scale to, to measure actually uh, earthquakes earthquake strength and uh, they also like uh, said more or less I mean they let people think that the earthquake was happening just under the the nuclear power plant, so uh, don't uh, you, oh. you can freak out, but not too much. Not too much. <laughs> so, so conclusions. Conclusion is that um, the fourth generation could be uh, very more efficient, and we could be actually uh, self-sufficient with all the waste we already have. Okay. And as we said before, because we are not on a Earth that is 10,000 times uh, or just 10 times bigger, so with a bigger atmosphere, so with a bigger carbon budget and more resources, we have constraints. Um, and this is why nuclear power plants is not the best solution, it's not the solution, it's not something that uh, in absolute terms I like, but it's actually a belt security 
security belts for us regarding climate change and regarding transition. Uh, so with fourth generation, we could actually be, be self-sufficient and stop mining uh, and have a lot of power. So, uh, well, I'm not into the uh, fusion uh, technology. That is something else. I think it's uh, stupid. I think it's uh, technology. I mean, we saw that technologically it's not advancing fast enough. So I think fourth generation reactors could actually be a solution. But unfortunately in France, we dropped the, uh, the, the research on it, even though we've started in 57. So now China, Russia, United States, Canada, they're, they're going on it. And well, we will see how it will, uh, it will evolve. But um, I think it's a pity, actually. Um, conclusion, conclusion, conclusion. What do you think now? Don't alarm. Nuclear waste is managed is uh, managed now properly. In some places. In many places. Very properly, yeah. Very properly, yeah. I mean. Uh, but we still need to discuss about it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, not us. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the humanity, yeah. And the governments. Uh, so I hope that we will uh, open, you know, some big debates on the subject because clearly, we don't have uh, enough intel. Yeah, information and resources mm. to know about it. And regarding uh, n the future from of nuclear, I mean... Well, uh, the IPCC told us it's a security belt. If we want to make a transition, we need to do that. Even the most uh, sober association, uh, which is Negawatt... Recommend nuclear. They don't recommend, but they say... But if they you, say we need to to leave nuclear uh, they, they say for the moment. In the best scenarios, if we can actually multiply by four the renewable energies with all the carbon footprint behind it, you know, and... We uh, still need grid, Yeah, we still need the same amount of nuclear energy and we need to divide our consumption of fossil fuel by uh, four or six, which is just like enormous. Yeah. We need to do it. So, uh, yes, okay. If you want to drop nuclear uh, power plants and take uh, take um, renewable energies, then, um, yeah, you will not have, uh, I don't know, energy every time, uh, every day, uh, when you want to do, uh, I don't know, when you want to travel, when you want to, to have uh, eat during winter. Yes. So, uh, I mean, uh, it's not for nothing that uh, we still have nuclear energy. And also the EROI, I don't know if we talked about it before, the energy return on energy invested. Yes, I think so. Yes, it's very low for renewable energy. Just a quick reminder, the EROI is actually uh, the amount of energy you need to uh, mobilize to get another amount of energy. So uh, in the 30s, with one uh, amount of, of uh, oil, we could have 100 time the same amount. Today we have 20 with conventional uh, schist um, oil and uh, oil from... Shale gas. Yeah, shale gas, sorry. And uh, oil from uh, Rochemer, uh, you know, from uh, from the ground. From water? No? no, 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 no. I mean, it's the same can, but it's in, it's in, um, in sand. It's the mix with sand. Um, no, well, it's a very polluting. <laughs> <one. laughs>
So yeah, th that's a problem. I mean, the ROI of uh, renewable energy is not very good because it's intermittent energy. We don't have always yeah, uh, winds and we don't have always sun. Sometimes it's brighter, sometimes it's not. So that's a problem. That's not that we don't want. And we're going to talk about that, about meat and realities of uh, photovoltaic yes. energy. Exactly. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Uh, well, so thank guys, you. I hope you liked it. I like it. I learned a lot because I'm not an expert in nuclear energy, evidently. And uh, because Mexico is not a nuclear country, you know, I mean, it's not an excuse to know about. But uh, we have barely one, uh, we have two nuclear reactors in Mexico, which is not huge. So, um, and you have uh, mostly uh, oil and coal. Well, not coal, a lot. Not coal. No. I mean, we have coal, but not, not, uh, that, not, that not that much. We have a lot of oil and gas. Hmm. Yeah. And renewable energy, we have a lot of wind. That's good. Yeah, we have a lot of wind. But, uh, well, thank you for listening to us. Uh, I'm going to say uh, a quick hello to one friend that always listening to us, but she's always missing the name. Uh, her favorite song is from Dana Paola, which is a Mexican singer. And my friend is Irish. And she's always like, oh, I just heard your Oye Oye Pablo podcast. Because Dana Paola has a song that it's called Oye Oye Pablo. So she's always, <laughs> she's always saying, oh, look, it's a Oye Oye Pablo podcast. <laughs> okay, so uh, thank uh, you for... Uh, yeah, thank you for being a fan. Of Oye Oye Pablo. Yeah, from the beginning. <laughs> well, see you uh, next Wednesday, guys. Yeah, see you. Bye.